Hey! You're listening to That Time We Woke Up in a Podcast and Had to Explain Manga. Our heated adventure is overanalyzing manga we find interesting, otherwise known as the Over Manga Cast. This week, we did a bit of a revisit episode, picking back up My Hero Academia by Kohei Horikoshi. Uh, we picked up where we left off last episode, so around the end of the sports festival arc, up until the final exam arc we're covering today. Uh, it's a lot of fun, so uh, go ahead and enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, Sam here. Uh, my familiarity with Hiroaka, uh, as discussed last time, I watched uh, the anime pretty consistently. Uh, I've not, I still haven't read, se- or I still haven't watched season four since uh, the last time we recorded for this <clears throat> uh, this particular property. But you know, uh, it's, it's it's so I can get it fresh through the manga, of course. Can I can I steal that excuse? Because I'm kind of in the same boat. <laughs> uh, Jacob here. I've also watched most of the anime and then you know the world happens and there's so much out there to watch but uh i was already familiar with uh what we had read in animated form okay uh matt here uh we passed where i had watched the anime to in our last section so um not only was the end of that section completely new to me in the manga uh the entire reading for this episode was completely new to me and Jay here. Um, I had previously seen none of the anime, um, so everything is a fresh look, fresh take. Cool. All right. And uh, this week we read chapters forty-five through sixty-nine, which encompasses the battle against Stain, the hero killer, and the final exam arc. Also, it ended on the funny number. <laughs> Good. So obviously we're going to start with the final exam arc. (laughs) Of course, of course. Also known as All Might Breaks Deku's Back, but we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I guess I'll be the one to point out, oh boy, what a compare and contrast with last week. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, My Hero is definitely the uh, popcorn of Shonen's. It is super light and super easy to consume, and that is definitely why it's so popular to a degree <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's sort of interesting because in particular the stuff that we read is light even for Hiroaka. you know not to say that it's entirely empty there's a lot to this you know you'd only be so simple before you start getting boring um mm-hmm. but this is this is Hiroaka at its most straightforward and it's already a naturally straightforward series so well i mean just leading into that how we start off this arc is Hiroaka's favorite plot device of um, a racer head just announcing what the plot's going to be to class and everyone going, wow, cool. And we start off with them picking their hero names, which is yeah. something I thought happened already. But I guess that's I was wrong. <laughs> I think yeah. the, I think the idea behind this is like this is going to be their f- official names until they graduate or something to that effect. And it's important because they're starting their mandatory uh, internships mm-hmm. over spring break, I assume. Or something, something think, Japanese equivalent. But not not spring break, because where we end is when spring break starts. I thought that was summer vacation. Oh, that's summer. No, you're right. Yep. You're absolutely right. So I guess it would be spring. Because it's only a week, which I also <laughs> thought was. I'm not sure if they mentioned that before, but at the end when they're like, yeah, we were only gone a week. I was like, oh, I I completely contextualized what happened wrong. 
<laughs> but yeah, we open up with the uh, the picking of hero names, and a lot of this is just you know more fun character establishing for our beloved idiots in class one A. Uh, dude, my boy Yuga with his light novel hero name. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop twinkling. No, no, no. It's I cannot stop twinkling. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yuga, does, Yuga is too fancy for conjugation. <laughs> and I'm just saying we here on the Over Manga cast are huge fans of light novel names because uh, you listen to the intro. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to say, Yuga is a character that really shines. <laughs> Uh, boo, get him off the stage. I'm we can cut his mic in editing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not apologizing. There's lots of there's lots of great ones in here. Uh because uh Eraserhead doesn't want to be involved because he is sleepy and he, he says he's bad at coming up with hero names. Uh Midnight is brought in as the evaluator. So actually, here's something that again, from the knowledge of the anime, I'm actually curious. Do they establish um, as far as we read that, um, Aizawa in particular hates like the cultural aspects of heroing. Yes. That, like he, mm-hmm. he hates the, cause like that's part of the reason why he doesn't want to like bother with, uh, dealing with the names because he considers that as getting in the way of, of heroes doing their jobs. Admittedly comes up in, um, like his little, like, uh, not word bubbled text you get in manga sometimes, which is mm. like a secondary conversation, but he goes off on how he thinks it's stupid. And we definitely get some of his backstory at some point. Yeah. He didn't, yeah. Even, he didn't even pick his own hero name. No, you're right. That's a, that's in a four com- That's a artist, uh, bonus at the end of one of the chapters in the volume is, um, his name was picked by, uh, present uh, Mike, right? Yeah, Mike. present Mike. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and that's the same as in the anime. His as well. extra, his extroverted friend picked his name for him. Yes, <laughs> were so much fun. Actually, I saw what paired with a lot of characters is fun. Uh, everybody, let's let's go over our uh, favorite hero names. Mine, of course, is Lord Explosion Murder. <laughs> that's a villain name. Yes. <laughs> Though I gotta say, and this is something that was pointed out to me, I can't claim credit for noticing this, um, but. Bakugo starts off with uh, King Explosion Murder, and he's told, no, that's wrong. You can't pick that. Pick something else. It's just wrong. Like, Midnight just said, no, that's wrong. Start again. And he went to Lord Explosion Murder, and something that, um, I believe it was Mother's Basement. No, actually, it might have been a smaller YouTuber who pointed out um, that the names actually have a bit more, like, a lot of the names have a bit more, uh, you know, meat on the bones for, like, meaning and stuff like that. Because, like, for... Like, it's outright stated that, like, Deku specifically picks that name because it used to be an insult, but it it got recontextualized, and now he uses it as an illustration of how much he's grown. Um, what was pointed out about Bakugo is that um, he starts off as king. He downgrades himself to lord because he didn't think he deserved the win at the sports festival. And that's sort of the... Um, showing that Bakugo's um, in his own spiky, angry, shonen rival way, sort of starting to realize how much of a big fish in a small pond he was, that he's not necessarily taking the right lessons from the stuff that's happening to him, but he is learning in his own way. He's starting to get better. He didn't realize that the explosion murder was the part that Midnight was taking contention with. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) 
I don't even uh, think the explosion's that bad. It's the murder part. The, yeah, I'm like, maybe if you're going to be a hero, you know, saving people, you shouldn't put murder in your name. Just Couldn't saying, save us, if, Lord Murder. If murdering <laughs> villains was wrong, we got to throw out half of the pro heroes. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a bit of world building. Um in in so much as there are a lot of heroes that take uh names that are homages to their icons because um oh my god Deku's yeah. were terrible mighty boy what's what's the one thing all might said to you when you get your pa- when you uh, inherited a one for all from him don't tell anyone that you got your powers from me deku what if i name myself all might jr <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kirishima actually did a decent version of this by calling himself Red Riot as an homage to his favorite hero, Crimson Riot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he had a really good name. That was mm-hmm. good. Uh, I'm really sad that uh, uh, my girl, um, Pinky, had to go with Pinky instead of <laughs> Alien Queen, which was an <laughs> alien reference. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> which... maybe they wanted to kind of steer clear of her being portrayed as something that is i don't want to say like villainous too villainous too creepy like aliens or like they have a little insert of her as the xenomorph yeah like i like i i understand why they might steer her away from being alien queen like she's owning it she's like i look like an alien i look extraterrestrial what i'm owning it but it's like if that is a hero you don't necessarily want your brand to be something that you Mm -hmm. know a lot of people that's also a thing that got brought up that's kind of I was iffy about, but there's a there was a strong like commentary reason that all the girl heroes needed to pick cuter sounding names. Because they're girls and girls have to be cute. Yes. Yeah. Because uh Froppy gets praised because good, you picked something marketable. That is a segment of this whole school. They have marketing. They're being trained to be pro heroes, not superheroes, which mm-hmm. is a discernible difference. Yeah. And um, it's sort of interesting because, again, you get the situation where Aizawa pushes himself to the edge of this sort of thing, perhaps too far. But it's, again, the situation where Aizawa hates all of the all of the like pro hero nonsense, because in his mind, it gets in the way. He's also the one who pointed out how horribly sexist everyone was being when Araraka was fighting Bakugo in the previous arc. Like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's actually a problem. Girls don't have to be cute. They can be whatever the hell they want to be. That's a line that keeps going on into the, with the final exam arc. That was one of my favorite parts about that fight. And we'll talk about it then. Proponents of true equality. Yep. Bakugo yeah. is just like, no, she's strong enough. She's strong enough. I don't see her as a weak little girl. You think girl. I'd be struggling against a weak opponent? Don't insult my power. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's one of those ones where it's like, it's a compliment, but it's also kind of a backhanded compliment <laughs> because it's Bakugo hyping himself up. And it, it's Bakugo. He can't just be nice. He is the most shonen rival of all time. Like that's that's the he is thing my about... explosive puppy. Yes, my anger puppy. Explosive anger puppy. That's the thing about Hiroaka, and it's honestly, I think, a big part of the reason why it works. It's like it owns its tropes. It knows that they're tropes. And it's okay with that. It's it's part of the new wave of modern shonens we've got going on, which have learned from Naruto, Bleach, and One Piece. They've learned what makes a shonen really good and marketable, and they've condensed it and refined it. 
and we're, we've got all of, like Demon Slayer, Black Clover. We've got an entire wave of shonens out that are predecessors to the former line, and they've learned what makes a really good shonen and are going with it. The whole hero name thing is sort of exactly that, isn't it? Like, this is almost a meta commentary on that exact point. No, Hero Aka is very... Yeah, Hero Aka is meta. That's There's so many references to different different manga and different plot lines, and it's aware. I like how uh, the little one shot we got after in the middle of this in the, um, the volumes was they had a popularity contest. Mm-hmm. And apparently Naruto got, got, got a, a vote. Shu got a vote. <laughs> you got characters from other manga. I like how Horikoshi himself was he 17th also got most a vote. popular. He was 17th most popular. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because he, he is two hands. Yeah. With an eye in the middle. <laughs> I mean, I could see that being a quirk in this universe. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we we do meet a person whose quirk is literally he has a dog head. <laughs> uh, Jay, did you have a favorite name before we uh, wrap up this section? Actually, I was just about to mention that. I like Veneta's <laughs> original name. Grape juice. Grape juice. Wait, grape did juice. he not stick with grape juice? I thought he did. <laughs> I, I didn't remember him changing it. Grape juice is a great hero name. It is. Got to give something for those thirsty, thirsty fans. Mm-hmm. Then thirsty <laughs> oh, girls. Nothing wrong with all these thirsty <laughs> girls from Mineta. I'm going to quench their <laughs> thirst with grape juice. Oh God. oh, God. That's why he picked it. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh, man. As much as I dislike his character model, I can appreciate it, but I still don't have to like it. Mineta was really good in this reading section. I got to say. He, he had a lot of time to shine, which um, we can actually transition in the next part, because one of my favorite bits in this reading section is they pick who they're going to for their hero internships. And uh, Mineta, no second guessing, no doubts, immediately signed up for Mount Lady. Yeah, because <laughs> he just wanted to spend time with her. He wanted to spend time with the hot hero, with the hot lady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, the thing is. I'm I'm just going to cut to the end of it because I don't think we ever get told what happened. Mineta is just shocked and like war torn after his internship. <laughs> it's like, don't you know, all women are secretly demons on the inside, just waiting for an excuse to let it out. And I'm like, oh, God, Mineta, what did you do and what happened to you? It's <laughs> <laughs> just a picture of Mount Lady with a devious smirk on her face. Yeah. And honestly, what whatever happened to him and what did you do? He probably deserved it. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. But um, yeah, we get uh, all of the class 1A at the very least um, are struggling to pick their hero internships with the ones who performed best in the sports festival uh, were actually sought out by certain groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, a um, few of them uh, knew what they were going to do because one of the really cool things, and again, this is just sort of like going into the gendered stereotype subversion sort of thing, Araraka knows immediately who she wants to intern for, and it's someone who is very specifically a uh, combat specialist instead of her idol 13. Mm -hmm. She goes with Gunhead. Because Gunhead can teach her how to fight more effectively, and as much as she got into heroing, you know, it's like the heroing the whole like money aspect with Araraka is part of it, but like, you know, why choose that as the lucrative um, avenue you want to go with? Um, she's more of the rescue people from danger sort of hero rather than the fight the bad guy type. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but she recognizes but- that if there's someone who says, if there's a villain as strong as Bakugo, I'm not going to be able to save anybody if I'm too busy getting crushed by them. I need to be able to, you know, win a fight before I can save people. Yeah. She has to be practical due to her circumstance. And like mm-hmm. superheroing isn't a thing that specializing helps you in. Well-rounded is better. Yep. Yeah. And boy, howdy, does she learn from Gunhead? Araraka <laughs> <laughs> yes. continues to be amazing. We don't really get any of thing of what happened, but we get her when she comes back. She is transformed. I have mastered the arcane arts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she is no longer baby. She has sought power. <laughs> but um we get a running theme through these um uh the people who chose their internships based on what they thought would help them improve really succeeded and the people who chose internships based on familiarity or what would help them get a leg up or well familiarity is kind of weird because it's like literally yeah would be a uh, Todoroki but Todoroki chose familiarity because he acknowledged it would help him improve he made a decision mm-hmm. to pick something that would challenge him and improve him and that made him better whereas mm-hmm. you get people like Mineta or um, Bakugo or who don't really think about what they're picking they're I guess admittedly uh Ida no Ida picks someone who is in the city where the hero killer is Ida also suffers for it he doesn't really yeah. get yeah. anything out of his internship is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say yeah, because he's not trying to improve with the internship like you're supposed to be. Yeah, Bakugo does go with Best Genus, who I think is the number four hero. Yeah, Bakugo puts the highest ranked hero who who drafted him because he's the highest ranked. He must be the strongest, right? And that's not, you know, what he gets out of it. He basically gets a haircut and little else. He gets a haircut and mocked. <laughs> he gets this super stringent... uh type when bakugo is all rage and chaos and explosions literally the least controlled of all time and he decides to go with the guy whose philosophy is our tight genes will focus our minds <laughs> the fact that one of his sidekicks was just a dude in daisy dukes was a uh, top tier <laughs> Yep. Why do I feel like why do I feel like there'd be ideological differences between uh, best genist and uh, tank top master? Why do I feel like they wouldn't get along? <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you turning the power of my tank top against me? <laughs> <laughs> why can't I control his tank top? I don't understand. <laughs> the tank top gives me freedom of movement. You are undisciplined. <laughs> you must tighten your clothing and hone your mind. Why is my tank top growing sleeves? It's betrayed me. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is best genus could absolutely do that. Probably. Yeah. Wh- why would people ever ask the question uh, Saitama versus Goku when you can ask the real hard hitting questions? Tank top master versus best genist. Yeah, exactly. Like, seriously, that's that's a real question. That's a real question. <laughs> but um, of course, so the uh, internship we spend the most time with is naturally our boy Deku, who didn't get drafted by anybody except at the very last minute, which kind of makes sense because. Deku has shown his hand at this point. He can only use his quirk by breaking his own body. That's not exactly a marketable skill. He's not a top draft pick. <laughs> no matter someone how- who lucked their way to the end. People think his quirk is interesting, but not marketable. Like mm-hmm. he gets plenty of interest, but they're like, oh, could I market or develop this? I don't know. He's too much of a risk. 
Mm-hmm. They see him as too much of a risk. And the, the thing is, that's a perfectly fair, accurate assessment of where Deku is at the beginning of this arc. And indeed, this arc is about moving Deku past that with like Deku having one for all and the narrative issues that brings up. The reason why he refers to himself as being behind is because he... Oh, he's behind. <laughs> he's very behind. He uses his quirk in spite of the fact that he can't. Like, that's basically how it, how it works out. And that's, the, that's how he has to catch up. It gets brought up several times that Deku, if one for all wasn't an amazing quirk, shouldn't be in UA because he is 13 years behind everyone else in the class. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Deku does get drafted by somebody. He gets drafted by All Might's mentor. Yep, Grand Torino. The tiny Clint Eastwood. (laughs) Yes, Yes, tiny Clint Eastwood. Grand Torino. I love him so much. I love how his hero name is explicitly a movie reference. <laughs> yeah, a movie which I love so much. It, it just brings up another world building thing of like all these this era movies. But My Hero takes place like 300 years in the future. <laughs> uh-huh. That's how impactful that movie was, actually. It, it takes place further in the future than you'd think. Well, see, here's the thing about that, because there's a lot of like really advanced technology, but there are also people whose quirks are being super geniuses. It's the same kind of world building shortcut that like Marvel and DC will use. If you have these people who are supernaturally intelligent, you can build whatever technology you want and that will percolate into society. I, I think the the like lore reason, which quotation marks, because My Hero Academia, depending on lore, is going to send you into a bad spiral there. <laughs> That's not a strong point. Don't expect yeah. it to be. It's thought out just enough that it justifies the story. <laughs> There's been at least three generations. Right. Yeah, I think the lore justification, because I mentioned in this uh, section we read that there is a common quote that if uh, people with enhanced abilities hadn't appeared, humanity would be uh, colonizing the stars. And I think the implication is there when quirks first happened, there was a lot of insurrection and they are just finally getting over that, which explains why the government cracks so hard. Like even in this chapter, you get like an unbelievable amount the government regulates quirk. That's something that explicitly comes up. That's what this is all about, actually. Because I think I had this question last time and you two weren't absolutely sure about it, but this came up in these chapters and it was confirmed. Your average ordinary person is not allowed to use their quirks. Like it is explicitly illegal. You need to be a hero to use your quirk, which considering it's part of your biology, is insane to me. It's one of those situations where Hiroaka is not about its world building, it's about its character. One thing that was mentioned of one of the electric villains is that they could make a lot of money in the private sector. I think the idea is you need to have a license to use your quirk. A hero license is a license to use your quirk for heroing, whereas if you had a quirk where you can like generate electricity by, you know, doing jumping jacks or whatever, you can get a license to do that for an electric company. I think, but licensure is just for liability reasons, for obvious reasons. I mean, you can't go out and be a hero. If someone gets hurt, it causes some kind of infrastructure damage, and then mm-hmm. who's going to be liable to that? That's why the licensure exists. So it makes sense what Jake is saying, essentially, that if you were going to work with a power company, okay, you would need to go through the, prop- the proper processes to get licensure to generate electricity in case, I don't know, your power output 
damages a transformer or zaps someone. Mm-hmm. And you'd only be allowed to use it at your place of business, I think is the implication. Yeah. They do actually show Deku's mom using her quirk in the doctor's office of like pulling stuff to her. So uh, like, it's one of those ones where they are just now starting to catch up with how insane the world has become. Because I don't think that I don't think that um, like I don't think in universe they're entirely clear on that issue. The government would overcorrect before it did anything remotely resembling reasonable. <laughs> Let's be honest. And, but I mean, this is to try to simulate some kind of equality for those who are quirkless, like Deku was. Mm-hmm. I feel because if the majority of your population has quirks, and I mean they're able to do whatever the hell they want, and the quirkless people are going to be potentially subjugated to that it's basically that ray bradbury short story that i'm sure everyone had to do for um uh sat prep people with extraordinary abilities are like hampered and it's overcorrected to the point that uh the main guy is like slightly over intelligent so he has a beat uh hearing aid basically that just does an ear screeching mm-hmm. beep every five seconds so he doesn't think faster than his dim-witted wife oh i i remember that yeah. now that yeah. you described okay, it i've I don't think I did that. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's a pretty good short story. I would recommend you read it. It's very uh, interesting. It's it's short enough to read for the SAT. So it's like 20 yeah. minutes max. It's pretty good. But um, it's obviously also a comedy. I should preface. It's not trying to make a strong point other than satire. The point it's trying to make is if you take this idea to its illogical conclusion, things go wrong. And here's how it goes wrong. Which Hiroaka does. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's also something that Hiroaka does, a longer and more character-driven, because one of the things that Hiroaka does really well is it explores the nuts and bolts of how people interact with a world like this. You know, And it, it's the situation where I don't think that there's an entirely right answer, because Aizawa's saying everyone should just be able to use their quirks and it's stupid to limit people, that sort of like Randian impulse. The problem with that is how do you not then by, you know, pure happenstance, shove all the quirkless people into second class citizen status? But here's the thing. That's kind of what's happening. You well, just yeah. got licenses for the heroes. You're pretending you're keeping them under control. And then there's people like Shigaraki where his quirk is just inherently completely destructive. If he just used it whenever he wanted to, buildings would start crumbling. He could just slap someone in the face and they lose their face. Yeah, but here's the thing. He didn't choose to have that power. Society has deemed him a monster for being born. Mm -hmm. So can you clear? Can someone clarify this to me? Is he I want to say, is he natural or was he also an experiment? Because I thought in the first half it was alluded to the fact that he was genetically engineered he was naturally born with his quirk he he was not given it and they go into more detail about shigaraki's backstory but the idea that he's being engineered he is being engineered but not genetically he's being socially engineered because one of the things oh that my they gosh here, so many of these are being socially engineered <laughs> that's a different topic entirely he, well, he is he is being he is being Uh, groomed as a successor in much the same way Deku is. Mm -hmm. And I will say the parallels between Shigaraki and Deku are relative to the anime way more emphasized. I think they just have more Shigaraki scenes in the in the manga, just like full stop. Oh, my God. Shigaraki has an amazing panel at the end of what we read, but we'll get there. Yeah, because we we haven't actually dived into Deku's internship, which uh, is with Grand Torino, who once upon a time was a big, a big muscle boy, much like uh, All Might. 
and has since become a very small old man, but he still beats a lot of ass. <laughs> I mean, he's become Yoda. He's become yeah. racist Clint Eastwood Yoda. Uh-huh. And I think I think one of the like your chapter uh, extras basically just says that he's Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> because we know uh, Horikoshi loves him some Star Wars. Basically, we get Gran Torino lives in like a rundown apartment in like the bad part of town. And you're like, oh, no, what is this old man doing? But then it's revealed his apartment so run down because he destroys it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's by choice. His quirk is to. Uh, Don't get me started on his quirk. His quirk was dumb. <laughs> his quirk is to inhale like his it's it's like a jet propulsion jet propulsion. He has air jets. Yeah. He has air jets in his feet, which basically allows him to flash step. But um, it's limited by the amount his lungs can contain. So I'm like, that's not enough to move a person. <laughs> he breathes out his feet and it gives him yeah, jet yeah. propulsion. Like it sounds dumb, but in his heyday, I'm like, wow, he was actually able to command that to a fact that to the point that it would be effective and actually it's like, damn. I'm gonna say right now, it is definitely not a one-to-one ratio to like exhaling through his feet. Like I'm just saying his his little cork box makes it seem like that's the case. Like uh characters with high mobility, like mm -hmm. in, in shonen stories like this. And we're gonna get into one of the reasons why I had been defending one for all last time with this arc. But um I really like Gran Torino because I love the way he moves. It, the the way he fights is is just really appealing to me. It is super cool. He is one of the sickest looking heroes when he's going at it. You know, I'm not the first to observe this, but one of the really cool things about Hiroaka is that um, they make a point of having limitations for all of the powers. You can do this extraordinary thing, but at a cost. Like mm -hmm. the reason why Todoroki is so strong is his ice powers freeze his body, his uh, fire powers, uh, you know, warm to the point of burning his body but if you use them together they cancel out the uh each other's weaknesses and he basically is just down to how much stamina can he uh use to exude his powers that's why ho the whole quirk eugenics thing was such a big deal because you can make people with hybrid quirks like that that are really powerful that are essentially invincible yes <laughs> eugenics maybe and like the the fact that they you know that's one of those cases where it's like oh you shouldn't have limits on society no you should definitely not have people forced into marriages for eugenics for quirk eugenics but again the story never makes it clear that it doesn't support eugenics which is uh. and again we are over world analyzing <laughs> instead of talking about grandpa who teaches uh deku about controlling his quirk through uh <laughs> through microwaved snacks yeah this uh this training arc i was not a big fan of because it was it was like be the egg again but he was just like Wait, what if my body was a microwave? We cut to the next panel. Hey, Gran Torino, I figured out how to use 5% of one through all throughout my body because of being a microwave. That makes sense. I'm just saying because Taiyaki is, for those who don't know, it's similar to having like a hot pocket. Think of it like a hot pocket. You don't mm -hmm. want to heat it for too long or else it's going to be exploding and like super, super hot. But you also want to leave it in there long enough so that it's not like a block of ice or like cold in the center. There's an equilibrium there. I really love this like visualization of it because 
the thing that Deku was doing is he was turning on one for all wherever he needed it. He wasn't treating it like it was a natural part of him. And that's why it was hurting him every time. I love full cowling. It is one of my favorite oh. upgrades in all of Shonen. Mainly because I am a humongous sucker for super forms, and that's <laughs> essentially what this is. I, I yeah. love full cowling, and like it's it's also the case where it allows Deku to instead of just you know firing off smashes and you know breaking his finger or whatever, and like that that was like the fight between Deku and Todoroki was very very cool because of the mechanics of the fight, but. I love full cowling because it lets Deku be like a really mobile fighter. And I really like seeing that. Plus, it just looks cool. Like, I love the aesthetic of full cowl as well. I'm, it is really helpful when you don't break your legs every time you take a step. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's why he wasn't using one for all for mobility. Exactly. Well, he tried the first time he used one for all. He put he put everything he had into jumping up to the to the zero point. And he took one step. Robot. So, <laughs> yep, his legs became floppy <laughs> it it is really cool it and it is one of those things where it just makes sense when you think about it because who among us hasn't gone into a video game and like only used the really powerful one shot move instead of you know actually developing it a comprehensive strategy that uses every part of your character. Yeah, it basically it's the difference between constantly auto comboing in a game like Dragon Ball Fighters or actually doing proper combos. You can absolutely win spamming auto combo if you have like good game sense, good defense. But if you don't actually use all of the tools available to you, you're you're only going to get so far. Mm hmm. And it was just in Deku's case that uh, uh, only uh, using certain tools was, you know, also inflicting self-damage. Basically, yeah, we get this little training arc. Deku unlocks full cowling, which I will agree looks really cool with like his veins being like electrified. Mm -hmm. Great. And pretty much immediately after learning that. Oh, wait, no, that's right. Um, Gran Torino says, hey, you're not going to solve anything out in the boonies here with me. Let's go to the city. The big city? No, let's go to another city for some reason. And conveniently, that's the city they needed to go to. <laughs> they were going to go to Tokyo or they, they were going to go to some big city, but yeah, they, they were interrupted mid route. They, they were making their way in there and then they get interrupted in the city where all the stuff's going down. I just love how they get the three main characters into oh, this yeah. fight because it's it's very much Hiroaka's bread and butter of look, is this a good enough explanation? Sure. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it really is the case where it's very aware of its own tropes and it doesn't let that hold it hold it back. You know, it's mm -hmm. fine that basically every character in uh, class 1A, except for arguably the three mains like I, Deku's definitely a dynamic character. Uh, Araraka, I'd argue, is a dynamic character. I think Ida shows being a dynamic character here. But like even a character like Bakugo that gets focused so much, he is the trope of the shonen rival character dialed up to 86. It doesn't have any shame about that because you can tell a good story with that character. It's not ashamed to have contrivances of it's perfect. You know, it, they happen to be on the bullet train when the Nomu's attacked. That's a reasonable explanation. It's a little convenient, but it's not so convenient that it's unreasonable, you know, and it has no I, shame. About that. I just thought it was funny that um, we get through all of this. They encounter uh, the 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 onus for all of this fight is Ida has tracked down hero killer 
because he's in this city uh, and he encounters him and they're fighting and Deku found him by um, acknowledging that Ida hasn't talked to him in several days. And he, because he's a nerd, knows that the hero killer only attacks in dead end alleyways you can't see out of. And then proceeds to say, yeah, I checked all of them. He systematically began checking dead end alleyways. Which is hilarious because this is a city. That's an insane thing to say. And for Deku, I'm willing to accept that. He's main character. He has main character luck. It's when Todoroki comes in saying, man, you just texted you were in trouble. So I also checked every dead end alleyway. He sent his location to literally all of his contacts. Not his exact location. Yes, his exact location with the GPS in his phone. I don't think so. So imagine you guys just you drop a pin and send that location to everyone in your phone, hoping that someone's just like opening their phone to saying, huh, I'm going to investigate what's at this location. That's weird. Wait, that's going down and host you. Oh, no. OK, I'm on the way. <laughs> Todoroki even calls Deku out on this. And it's like he says, hey, next time, could you maybe ex- do like give any amount of explanation ex- instead of just your GPS? You could have dropped the pin and then texted help or something. Or at least explain that this GPA <laughs> GPS pin is in the middle of a dead end alley. Because I there's definitely a line of Todoroki complaining how hard it was to find the location. Yes. He comments on that, at least, which is probably where I got led astray, because he's just like, Deku, this wasn't super helpful information. You're incredibly lucky I was already here. Yeah, but uh, we are getting ahead of ourselves. This is happening because of one of my favorite interactions in this entire uh, reading, which is literally anytime Stain and Shigaraki are in the same room. Oh, uh, they hate each other so much. <laughs> they do. They despise each other. They want the same thing for entirely different reasons. Literally everything about them is the same down to their methods until why comes up. And then it's just it's staying going. You're the kind of person who doesn't deserve to live. And Shigaraki going, you're the kind of person who pisses me off to a homicidal extent. And then and then the stabberating happens. And then the Nomo's invaded. (laughs) Shigaraki lashing out like an angry child. He immediately turns to, uh, spoiler alert, he turns to uh, one for uh, all for one and goes, Dad, he's being mean. Give me the guns. You can only have three guns. Fine. What am I supposed to do with three? I also love the little line they have to add after that. But I'm like, by the way, these Nomu are not as strong as the Nomu that can solo All Might. We Uh don't have an unlimited supply of those. Don't think we do. I'm like, good. You covered your bases narratively in a very matter of fact way. Don't ever change Hero Academia. (laughs) (laughs) We don't exactly get the explanation in this in the segment that we read, though. It's easy enough to infer, but we'll get to that when we discuss more about All for One later. And yes, that is incredibly fucking confusing, (laughs) (laughs) Horikoshi. But Shigaraki hates how much attention Stain has been getting because it makes him feel like, you know, a side sh- a side character in this grand play. And as we know, he's a man child. Side note, have we ever established how old Shigaraki is? Like, is he older teen? Is he like adult? He can't be that old. We get some information later on that I don't think it gives us his exact age, but it lets us infer it. Okay. Yeah, I I haven't exactly done the math, but you can figure out at least a ballpark. 
Locke. Okay. I'm trying to figure out who he most like identifies or sees more of himself in. Does he see himself with the older generation of heroes as he is just trying to kind of lead the new pack um, on an alternate route? Or is he seeing himself as I'm part of the younger generation. I don't want to go and go the same way as my predecessors. That's the thing about Shigaraki. He doesn't ever stop to consider it. And that's something sort of important about the comparison between Shigaraki and Deku. You know, partially because it's something he's never done before. He has no idea what he's doing. But like, All Might doesn't hover over Deku directly. Like, he's always watching Deku, but he doesn't really give Deku answers. And Deku is a very mature kid. He knows he needs to learn and grow and get better and all that, you know, classic shonen stuff. Shigaraki, on the other hand, he is absolutely coddled by mm. All for One. And because of that, I don't think he knows what generation he really identifies with. I don't think he's ever considered it. All he does is basically lash out when something pisses him off and... That's why he sends a bunch of nomus into a city. And he doesn't even know why. What I'm getting at is I think he doesn't even know why he's pissed off. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Be because he's pissed off because daddy told me I should be pissed off because this is the ideology I'm supposed to, mm. you know, encompass. I'm supposed to be taking on. I'm not even sure we go that far because it's at the end of our reading where he finally decides he has an ideology because mm. he definitely didn't have one when they attacked the USJ. All Might basically says that. He's like, he's just saying buzzwords that sound like an idea. We do find out at later points more about Shigaraki's motivation and why he has this anger for one for all to manipulate. But the simple fact of the matter is he is just a child lashing out. He is like arrested development is a is a phrase very closely attached to him. And we see that in action as the Nomu begin attacking Hosu. The pro heroes are having a heck of a time dealing with them because even if these aren't the All Might Killer model, they are still giant, resilient, multi-quirked death beings. But unfortunately, the number two hero Endeavor was here hunting the hero killer, so uh -huh. they, uh, they don't get to do much. <laughs> no, they don't, because for as much of a dick he, as he is, Endeavor is undoubtedly stupid powerful. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how this world works, though, is mm -hmm. yeah. Endeavor gets to be as cocky and like abrasive as he is because he proves his worth every mm -hmm. single day. He's on the top because... He's incredibly good. That is all happening in the background. And uh, man, I wish we could see more of it because it just sounds awesome. But we focus, of course, on our precious uh, class 1A boys where because Ida has found the hero killer and is immediately proceeding to get his ass beaten by said hero killer. Yeah, because he didn't have a plan. <laughs> No, he he just blindly rushed forward full of hate and Stain looks at him and goes, no. Oh, you're actually a perfect example of everything I hate in this society. All right, kid, die. And that's the thing. Stain actually calls out Ida for what he is legitimately doing wrong. Hiroaka knows how good of a moment this is because Ida calls back to it multiple times. But there is a very genuinely powerful moment where Ida is talking about how, uh, you know, I am Ingenium, you know, I'm the hero who will defeat you. And, he, and Stain just says... If you're a hero, save him first, pointing to the pro hero that Stain was in the process of trying to kill 
when Ida showed up. And like, that's the thing. You're not a hero right now. You're a vigilante out for revenge and not justice. There's a difference. And for as bad as Stain is, he is very much a believer in what a hero should be. And a hero should be a selfless paragon of justice, like All Might. And I just love how this gets uh, pointed out by um, his uh, internship mentor to Eater. Like, he's like, hey. I like that he called Eater on that. I love that because he's just like, hey, you seem to think you're better than me, which Eater definitely does at that point of view. <laughs> it's just like, this guy's a pro hero, but I'm better than him because I'm part of noble lineage nonsense and his mentor is just like so uh are you here to learn from me or are you here to go on a little revenge fantasy quest because um <laughs> that's illegal don't do that <laughs> i see that bloodlust in your eye don't think i don't i really like manual i love how we get the design notes on him and uh he's the normal guy he's like i explicitly designed him to be as unrecognizable as possible <laughs> but like i sort of I sort of attach that to um, Aizawa calling out everyone's sexism, where I like that it's not the sliding scale of uh, All Might to Endeavor, where you have jerks slash uh, morons versus the guys who, you know, bend over backwards to help the main characters. Like, he's a pro hero. He knows exactly what he's talking about. It really sells that he is indeed a professional hero. Mm -hmm. He's done this before. He's seen this, it, the thing that Ida's doing go wrong in the past. Yeah, and Ida immediately gets punished for that because I don't think he lasts like one blow in the hero killer oh, fight. His helmet gets knocked off and then immediately after he is pinned to the ground with a knife. Uh -huh. <laughs> That's as far as he gets. And he is immediately subject to Stain's quirk, which is admittedly a freaking awesome power for a villain. Blood curdle. Well, let's let's be honest here. That'd be an amazing power for a hero, too. You just mm -hmm. need one nick on a villain, and they are immobilized. You can put handcuffs on them. It's an amazing yeah. power. In fact, it's probably a better power for a hero than a villain. Yeah, mm -hmm. because you can you you can inflict a minimum you know, damage, a minimal amount of harm, and then instantly end the fight. And indeed, Stain started off as a hero. Yeah, he didn't start off as a hero. He went to school to be a hero, but he dropped yeah, he out. Flunked out of yeah, he flunked out of a hero. But he started off on that path, and it was and the... A, and then he became a soapbox preacher. <laughs> and when no one would listen to him, the next logical course of action is violence. Like that, and murder. In, Mass murder. <laughs> yeah. And indeed, that's that Stain's problem. And it's sort of funny because I can't, like, you know, when you talk about Stain... My mind goes, funnily enough, to Dragon Ball Super and the nonsense with Blackerot. Blackerot is supposed to be what Stain is. Stain mm -hmm. is a character who has a point. He isn't entirely wrong. His methods are just so extreme that they cause more harm than good. But you could argue the fact that if he doesn't take an extreme, you know, action that people will not. He's bringing attention and awareness. I mean, that kind of gets basically confirmed is that people weren't listening to him until he went to the extremes. And now that he went to the extremes, People love him. That's a consistent theme, I mean, in, across various sources of media of you're complaining about my methods, but the reason why it's escalated to this point is because before mm -hmm. no one was paying attention or listening. Mm -hmm. You're complaining about my methods, but look at my results. Yeah, which is an interesting conversation that comes up uh, later. But first, we have to get down to the hero killer fight itself, which is so cool. 
Oh my god, it, it's just action scene, action scene, action scene, and then people get back up from the action scene. It's like, is that how it works? Well, it works differently for different blood types. Do you want to go into that? No, this is cool. Okay. <laughs> I also like the fact that he confirmed it. He's just like, yeah, actually, that's exactly how it works. <laughs> like, okay. That is my favorite trope in shonens, and I love it when they explain it better than here, but when um, people love explaining how their powers work, and it's yeah. confirmed in canon. Uh, Hunter Hunter is a great example of this because um, their special abilities, like there's an intrinsic part of it. It's like, no, it's stronger when your opponent knows what it is because it affects their mind and it becomes more real to them. Oh. Amazing. I that's love that. That's really cool. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. The thing about Stain explaining his power, though, is very specifically he respects Deku. Because when Deku comes in to the scene, his immediate first thought is, screw actually beating the bad guy. My first priority is to protect the people who are in danger. And Stain is like, oh, that's hey. heroism. That's what you're supposed to be doing. You passed my hero test. <laughs> yes. The, when Deku is the one to parse out the possibilities of how... Stain's power works. He just respects Deku enough that it's like, hey, you got it, you know. You got it in one, kid. You're right. That last uh that last possibility, it was that one. And and it it very much is a I'm telling you because I respect you. Here comes the real question. Has Stain ever bitten his tongue and become paralyzed as a result? <laughs> Knowing how quirks work in Hiroaka, probably. Yeah. Probably there, there's also a it could also be there's an underlining assumption that you are immune to your own quirk also happens a lot. What about Danky Boy? Danky Boy, I mean. <laughs> Endeavor's face is on fire all the time. Yeah. Todoroki has to be resistant to some degree because it's his body temperature he's worried about not burning. Yeah, mm -hmm. so it's like they're resistant to their own quirks, but. But yeah, uh, alas, Dek um, um, Ida's blood type is the one that lasts the longest, it seems because he is down for most of this battle and Deku cannot 1v1 Stain because while he does have objectively more raw power than him, Stain is a really, really high skill villain. Yeah. He's an amazing fighter. And can I point out um, what I was worried about like midway through the fight and was thankful when we got the blood type thing revealed that that wasn't the case. Deku just luckily was the right blood type. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be more one for all shenanigans where it was going to be like, hey, one for all made you immune to this power, just like against the mind control guy. And I'm like, please don't make this every yeah. fight. <laughs> and it wasn't. Yeah, I was happy. Like he snaps out of it by breaking his finger, but he resisted it enough to use one for all by his own will. All Might specifically states that. So Hiroaka is careful about not having one for all be a free automatic win. If you use it, then, you know. Which I admit is probably a hard narrative thing, considering they made one for all literally the best. But it is the best quirk. They say yeah. that <laughs> it's the best quirk by the time Deku gets it, because that uh, that's in, uh, a bit yet. But they do explain more about exactly how uh, one for all works. Mm -hmm. And that does come up later as uh, Deku b being the clever boy he is and wanting to just get out of here with the with the peoples and escape to safety. Uh, he sent out that ping of his location. Todoroki's the only one nearby, so he uh, strolls on in like the uh, bad boy that he is, or very good boy, I don't know which. Yeah. 
Like like the Zuko he is. Yeah. And can I just say, I adored Todoroki in this because <laughs> he was just talking stain over and over through the entire fight. Yep. <laughs> he was the best part about the stain fight by far, because Ida barely contributes until the end. And even then, I'm upset Ida's in this situation to begin with. So I can't really like give him props. Yeah, he was he was acting a proper fool. It's just great because it's the three of them all talking about, hey, we're really ill fitted for this. We're not going to win. Hey, and then Todoroki's like, Deku, I think he's taking it easy on you. Yeah, I think he respects me or something. Let's use that to our advantage, because otherwise we're dying. <laughs> it, it is one of those situations of we really need to retreat. He's not giving us the opportunity to retreat. All right, let's just keep going then. They do eventually overcome Stain through uh, a, another cool use of the quirks, because the timer runs out on Ida. He's able to stand up. His arms have been stabbed so many times he cannot punch. Thankfully, he is fast kick boy. So he tries to go for a kick attack on Stain. Stain gets out of the way and that overloaded his engines. But he's like, hey, wait a minute, Todoroki, you can regulate temperature, right? Yeah. Cool. Freeze my legs. Yeah. Literally cool. I'll yeah. never get over the fact an internal combustion engine is literally part of Ida's biology. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Hiroaka just doesn't care. It, it wears all of its tropes on its sleeves, and that's why it's able to get away with so much. What if X-Men didn't care? <laughs> <laughs> what if X-Men didn't care? That's actually... And honestly... I think Horikoshi has said as much because he very much has said, oh, yeah, I'm an X-Men fan. I am definitely taking in inspiration to some extent. Okay, from if that. someone had showed me Hiroaka and told me it wasn't inspired by X-Men at all, <laughs> I would call that person a liar. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our three heroes are able to take out uh, Stain through a combination super kick, super punch, which Deku in his uh, in his fight fervor goes over five percent and sprains his arm, a freaking course, though doesn't shatter it. And uh, then Stain is still not completely down at this point, so Todoroki just blasts him in the face with fire. Yep, burning off his mask. Mm -hmm. And we learned that. Uh, it, it, yeah, no, that wasn't a weird stylistic thing. Uh, he actually just cut off his own nose. Ah, we, that makes more sense. <laughs> we don't know if he cut it off, but his nose is gone. I assumed he was a burn victim. Yeah, that's kind of where I was. Because how he react, because you see his face when he's reacting to Endeavor being there. That's when it's really put into perspective. So I assumed they were trying to connect like the two somehow. Like oh, he got never burned by Endeavor. Was I what I assumed. I never considered that. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I mean, it makes sense. His target is, you know, All Might. So he would have come across like, why not number two facing off? And your mm. next your next rung is number one. That's actually kind of the thing, because Stain wants everyone to be like All Might. And Endeavor is, in a lot of ways, the anti-All Might. Because, you know, All Might is might for right. And Endeavor is Might Makes Right. And it's that attitude that Stain hates. So it does actually make sense that Stain would have encountered Endeavor and gone after him. And that's why, obviously, Todoroki and Stain should team up because they both hate his dad. Yes. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> Todoroki, I really appreciate him in this arc because he explicitly he explicitly chose to work for his dad yeah. and put aside ill like he started the process of don't live to hate someone, mm-hmm. live to better yourself. Yeah, yeah, I know. He forgave just, his mom in my, immediately. In my head canon, they have a common denominator. <laughs> and, yeah, and he looked at what he needed to do, though. He's like, hey, the number two hero in the world wants me on his team for an internship. That's an amazing offer the rest of my class would kill for. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to turn it down because I'm a spiteful child. Yeah, which is wonderful growth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's it's absolutely spectacular character development. and indeed. Like the fact that and it's it's the case where um, you see like the good side of heroing where All Might inspires Deku, Deku inspires Todoroki, and then Deku and Todoroki are there for Ida when he loses his way. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting flashbacks to the One Punch Man episode when it's not being a popularity contest here. You know, a professional hero system is a great thing for society. When it is that, it falls apart hard. Which is what yep. we get glimpses of. But it is... raises so much revenue because then they become entwined of, okay, how are we going to keep this organization well-funded? And that is the thing. Poor Yao Yorozu being, uh, an, being an extra in a hairspray commercial. Yao, Yao Yorozu was so disappointed. She was, she, like, the, the other girl doing the internships with her is like, oh. Yeah, she's from B class, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it's, and Yajiro's just like, no, she's a great hero. I'm sure everything will turn out great. She, she starts off so optimistic, and by the end, she's just, she can't anymore. Which is yeah. hilarious, because the other girl has just accepted the fate at that point and is learning, <laughs> and Yajiro's is disappointed. And they have the exact reverse uh, reaction to everything. We should polish off the stain fight with... Uh... The kids and native, poor native. He he just got showed up so hard by a group of teenagers. <laughs> he was a living MacGuffin, the poor guy. Uh, they are dragging Stain out of the uh out of the alleyway, bound up in some rope. Good thing we found this rope in this trash alley. Yeah, people just throw out fifteen feet of rope. <laughs> <laughs> but um. It's about this point that the other pros, because Todoroki was with Endeavor when he got the message and he you know, ran off to go respond to the message from Deku. And he- there is a great panel from Endeavor in that scene where he yells at Todoroki. Why are you always on your phone, boy? Yeah, <laughs> phone pad. <laughs> That's a genuine father son moment. You're on your phone. <laughs> Endeavor it has big boomer energy, yes. Todoroki does say, uh, there's something going down. I need to go respond to it. Send hero, send pros when you have the chance to this location. And pros arrive and they're like, did those, did those kids beat the hero killer? Oh, shit, you gotta step up. Uh, good job, kids. Yeah, let's take him in. And then one of the Nomus got away from the fight and goes after Deku. Because, uh, yeah, funny thing about that. Yeah, you guys read the uh, the in between where Horikoshi explained why that Nomu went after. There's a reason for this. I'll tell you later. <laughs> well, did you note the uh, the picture that he put there? No. With the fat kid with the bat wings. That was one of the bullies that was picking on Deku with uh, Bakugo in the very <gasps> first scene. Oh, there's no way I would have noticed that. I forgot those people existed. <laughs> yep. Yep. Which means that one of those kids that Deku and Bakugo used to know, uh, it got genetically altered into a Nomu. 
That is into a brain dead murder demon. Uh huh. That's so not much of a change for him, given what we'd seen before. <laughs> shut, shut up. Gee, that's dark. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, our our trio of heroes spend some time in the hospital recovering. Get told by the chief of police that was an incredibly stupid and very illegal thing you did. Thankfully, Endeavor makes a great scapegoat in this regard because we can't deny you beat the hero killer and brought him to justice. So we're going to bend the rules just a little bit because you're all the main character. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, I love Scruff the Gruff, the crime <laughs> dog coming in and being like uh, with his B-stars looking face going, hey, you know, narratively, it was really cool that you guys beat a serious villain that uh, the number one and two heroes were worried about. Narratively, that's real difficult to work around you being that famous. So um, it was illegal for you to do it. And we're not going to tell anyone. Yep. <laughs> Well, good enough for me. <laughs> good enough for me. Uh, I do like the scene we get where uh, Ida has suffered nerve damage in his left hand, which makes it partially disabled. And he decides to keep it that way as a reminder of his of his failures, which no means he no. learned nothing. No, get your fucking hand fixed, kid. But uh, we lead to Todoroki. <laughs> well, does Ida say he's going to leave it unfixed indefinitely? He gave the illusion that he intends to overcome this hurdle and truly learn and then says later, I'll get it fixed. Yeah, he does say he does say he intends to have it fixed later, but that's still that's dumb. <laughs> that's still dumb. Yes, I'm going to be crippled until I get better mentally and then I'm going to fix it. Pro tip to everybody out there. Don't freaking do that. Take care of your body. <laughs> Turns out things don't stay at the exact same level of broken. If you don't fix them, they get uh, worse. <laughs> yeah, uh, they I get worse. Deku. Deku. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that wasn't his choice. That was, you no, know, that, that's just the way things later. were for him. But uh, poor Todoroki. Every time <laughs> I'm involved, someone's hands get messed up. Is it because, <laughs> am I the hand crusher? <laughs> i love that yeah I, I love how his friends aren't sure if he's joking <laughs> yeah i mean he's like i'm two for two at this point maybe i should reevaluate. <laughs> i'm not sure if todoroki's joking he is that melodramatic but on the other hand he has shown improvement <laughs> uh-huh <laughs> hey look it's a process <laughs> watch out kids todoroki's gonna break your hands <laughs> but it's changed my name to handbreaker <laughs> the hand crusher it's at this point uh the internship ends uh, grand torino is uh annoyed at how got poorly... kicked out of the hero association yeah he's annoyed at how poorly uh all might was doing we learn all might's name is toshinori training deku and he chews him out about it a little bit over the phone <laughs> That's a very light way to put it. That was very, very harsh chewing out. Yeah. I love uh -huh. it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "What the hell were you doing? You did how? How were you so bad at this?" I'm sorry, Sensei. <laughs> I just like how um, effectively what we get told is the one who took the fall for everything was Grand Torino, because he got fired. Yeah, yeah, he got, he, he got he his got license it. revoked. No, he he got it suspended. Well, he's old enough that a suspension's basically a revoke. Well, he, yeah, he basically says as much as like, I only had the teaching license so I could teach Toshinori. I didn't actually really want it in the first place. So this is no skin off my nose, but yeah. the pay cut, now that. But the yeah, pay, yeah he, he mentions that. He's a pensioner. 
<laughs> Gran Torino makes the very accurate prediction that uh, with how high profile the stain incident was, it's going to draw all the crazed bastards out of the woodwork like a bunch of ants. Mm hmm. Was Gran Torino around, like, before, obviously, All Might, but was he around to remember the emergence of, like, the Underground, the predecessor to the Villain Alliance? Yeah, because um, he he berates All Might into explaining the history of One for All to Deku. Yeah, so it's kind of like, you know what's coming. Uh -huh. So and you need to do your due diligence and kind of let fill him in so he's aware. Getting into that, All Might does... After a bit of a rescue training where Deku gets to show off his new power to everybody and Bakugo gets so fat. <laughs> yeah. I just got fashion advice for a week. You got two days of training and then spent three days in the hospital. <laughs> and uh, the other thing that uh, infuriates Bakugo is Deku is still co-opting his moves. He's actually um, moving in the way that Bakugo does, which is, you know, like that's that's so deku if it's effective he's gonna try to adopt it so it's mm -hmm. anything it's flattery but from bakugo's point of view deku has been lying to him his entire life <laughs> yeah. and is yeah. now trying to steal his style something he's worked for on his own he doesn't need anyone's help mm -hmm. i can understand why though would be mad but more especially why anyone would be mad yeah yeah but at the same time as his i want to say friend he knows how Deku operates. Deku, because he was quirkless, spent most of his time studying and observing his freaking notebook. Like, it shouldn't come as a surprise. He takes the most effective techniques and it tries to incorporate them. Now yeah, that but Bakuda doesn't respect that. Yeah, that's his problem, yep. though. Bakugo has grown up in an environment where your value is based on how good your quirk is. And fundamentally, that's what's wrong with this society. It doesn't see anyone's value in anything other than how good their quirk is. Mm -hmm. Deku doesn't need one for all to be a hero. He got one for all because he already was a hero in his own way. But Bakugo can't see that because he only sees heroism relative to strength. He loves and respects All Might specifically because All Might is the strongest, not because he's the most noble or heroic. Because mm -hmm. All Might always wins, no matter how bad the situation looks. Mm -hmm. But we do get the explanation of the history of one for all and all for one. Yeah, this uh, this section was um, it was needed information. But I feel like from a manga point of view, it could have been structured better because we got a lot of pages that were literally just speech bubbles down all sides. Mm -hmm. And that's so never a good thing to see. It, Especially not in a series like this. Yeah, because yeah. Hiroaka is already super popcorny, and we get two chapters of essentially like three page of text. I think I would have appreciated better if they had an excerpt, which was just like a paragraph, two paragraphs of just straight text. Like, on, honestly, with how many pages they spent just filling in speech bubbles, it probably would have been better to just make like a paragraph or a flashback would have probably been the best way to do this but i understand they don't want to reveal those characters so they go for the middle ground and don't make anyone happy which is really yeah. bad. i'm sure the anime for this was great because you it actually was. had people moving but the manga unfortunately is it, yeah. just text and it's not it is not hiroaka's best moments yeah mm -hmm. and that is sort of something that i've noticed in in reading the hiroaka manga 
in a lot of ways, it feels like the manga is almost a prototype for the anime. And in the beginning, in the first, like the, the first couple of chapters, it feels really, really, really rough. And the manga has been getting better and better and better to the point where, you know, like the, the fight with Stain was amazing. It was amazing in motion. It was amazing in sequential art. But there are those situations where it feels like something is being tried out and it gets refined in the anime because the anime is the adaptation. I would be honest, considering how like formulaic and structural Hiroaka, like to it's designed to be a good shonen. Like that's not even an exaggeration. That's its purpose. Yeah. I would argue it's being written from the perspective of make a popular manga. Good. We're a popular shonen manga. We're going to get a long running anime. We'll fix mm -hmm. background things. And then what our purpose is, is to sell books that get turned into episodes that, yeah. and the episodes are going to need filler. So have places where filler can go in naturally, which the next arc from what I understand gets a bunch of filler because it doesn't talk about half of the fights. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As far as I remember, the anime does do all of every single one of the final exams. That makes sense because we definitely don't get anywhere near that. <laughs> yeah, we get we get a lot less, though. That said, I liked all of the fights from the anime, but what they cut down was like the appropriate things to cut down, you know? Yeah, but the uh, the lore that we do get uh, on the history of all for one, one. For, all one for, for one. all. Yep, <laughs> that's not going to be confusing at all. <laughs> All for One was a supervillain who had the quirk that allowed him to steal other people's quirks. He could also bestow them on others, but he could also just take them and use them for himself. And that let him build a mega suite of super powered abilities that basically rendered him as an immortal god. Yep. Who, would, who would give down divine blessings to his followers. And so he created an empire of darkness, which is pretty freaking metal, I gotta say. Which also explains why the world's so messed up. Uh-huh. Because it's recovering from an actual evil overlord. It, it's it's pretty metal. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really great because it's so original. Uh, Star Wars definitely didn't do this character already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> um, but... We learn that uh, always evil is its own downfall because uh, all for one had a quirkless younger brother and decided as a uh, as a funny meme gave his brother uh, a power storing quirk. And it's like, let's be honest, it doesn't specify that it says whether or not this was a single act of mercy or an effort to control his younger bro mm -hmm. brother. They don't specify yeah, because All Might explicitly states no one knows why he did it, which if they actually go into the reason we've not gotten there yet, uh, and Sam, as far as um, we haven't we haven't gotten there yet in what we've uh, watched in the anime. I feel like it's something that they might explore in the future. Why All for One uh, gave his brother the quirk, but it's it, like it is like, why would All Might know what? <laughs> All for one's all, motivation. All Might already knows an insane amount of information, to be honest. Yeah. 
But um, I like the idea that the one act of mercy this evil overlord did blew up in his face. Was yeah. To, yeah, because as it turns out, his younger brother wasn't quirkless. His quirk was just so ridiculously specific and useless that it would never like manifest in a way someone would notice. But his was the ability to pass on his quirk to somebody else. And, what, and when that merged with the power stalking quirk, suddenly... <laughs> Which actually makes a lot of sense with how we see quirks work is that people genetically related have similar quirks. So mm-hmm. he ha- his brother has a quirk that's essentially the exact same power as him, but the opposite. He gives his power to other people. All for one can take powers. His brother had the power to uh, give power. And like it basically it comes down to his brother had the the back half of his older brother's quirk, though. That brings up uh, an interesting thought that I had. If someone can have a quirk that is so unnoticeable and so specific that um, no one even knew he was quirkless, is it possible that there are other people that maybe there are more people with quirks in the world than anyone realizes? Because there is a physical marker like in the feet. In the bones it's of the, the pinky feet. toe, right? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, um, and that's actually <laughs> that's uh, it, it's a little bit of pop science, but there is actually scientific basis. We are actually losing our pinky toes. So I've but, also read the magazine that tells me once we lose the bone in our pinky toes, our legs can start growing combustion engines. <laughs> <laughs> this was also the first generation of quirks, so they would not have figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. Well, and even more than that, though. The the bone in the toe thing is a sign of having a quirk, but maybe this wasn't the first generation with quirks. And it's one of those ones where if you take this to its logical conclusion, it gets into deep lore stuff that Hirowaka is bad at and probably shouldn't bother with. And if they talked about would probably be unfulfilling. Uh But it kind of makes you wonder, have quirks been around longer than people realized? And it, you know, the sort of logical conclusion of that is, could it be that like myths and legends were people with expressed quirks in the past? Ooh, I, I also want to read the spinoff manga, My Hero Academia BC. So, uh, and that is how we got the mighty one for all, a series of successors with increasingly powerful versions of one for all fought against all for one. Until finally, All Might was the one who pulled it off. He actually defeated him. Yeah, All for One was the villain that crippled All Might. But didn't also his mentor die in that fight? So it wasn't him by himself. No, 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 no. By that point. Yeah, the the previous holder was dead by that point. Okay. (laughs) Toshinori, I I believe, I don't know if it's outright stated i think it's only implied he doesn't actually take the name all might until his uh predecessor is already dead oh okay yeah he was actually running around as all might for a while before he has this big climactic battle with uh all for one and he summarily defeats all for one and they assumed that he had also killed all for one because let's be real we see the we see the like final panel of that of that fight man's ain't got a head yeah <laughs> you know how could anyone survive that well stockpiling quirks for literal generations mm-hmm. and how many hyper regenerative quirks does he have so uh that is when we learned that that is uh shigaraki's mysterious sensei the super mega villain all for one who's got like 
a Nazi scientist doctor working on him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I could implant a regenerative quirk, but that'd take like five years. And by then you'd be healed normally. I don't like it. <laughs> he is cartoonishly evil in the best way. <laughs> it's like a combination of like Slade and... Slade, Darth Vader, uh, Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget. Dr. Claw, yeah. yeah. Except he doesn't need a shadow to cover the top of his head. It's just not there. It's just not there. Yeah. It's nothing but like scar tissue. It's uh, it's, it's so regenerated gross. flesh, right? Yeah. And it's, I assumed his head got like punched off and he's been slowly like. Didn't they say that apparently like my interpretation of the reading was that this injury happened to him so many years before he got the regenerative property. And if only he had gotten it before this accident happened, he would be able to regenerate fully. He had to have had at least some form of regeneration, probably a, it, it was probably somewhere between like Wolverine and the way that wizards work in the Dresden files. Man, I really hope Wolverine's the upper end of that scale. <laughs> Wolverine is the upper end of that. Okay, scale. good. The the wizard thing is they heal unnaturally perfectly. Gotcha. Do they eventually become like dolls? No, they they just don't. Uh, they can bounce back from theoretically anything, so long as it doesn't outright kill them, which is what happened to uh, all for one. So with that hideous idea lingering in the background, time for the final exams. And <laughs> <laughs> we get everyone just fretting as we get to be told what rank in the class they all are and we got all your dummies going like how are we gonna pass the written exam i sure hope we can pass the practical and then it's revealed Minetta, despite all his flaws is number nine in the class in terms of grades <laughs> and that is the interesting thing like you are only endearing when you're idiots yeah, so <laughs> i'm sorry i'm better than you <laughs> yeah just so smug that's actually something really cool about it, where they show where everyone is placed in the class and you get some of the ones that you expect, like Nina and uh, Kaminari are at the bottom of the class. They are the two dumbest. And Yaya Rosu's at the top because her quirk requires her to be super intelligent. Everyone wants her to uh, tutor for them and she is so happy. It's super cute. She is just the absolute cutest. But one of the things that I've always uh, liked about this is one of Deku's defining character traits is his intelligence. But Bakugo is ahead of him. Mm. Like is one he? thing that they, yeah, uh, Bakugo was number three and Deku is number four. Ah, uh, I thought Deku was number two. Nope, Ida numbers two. It's Ida's number two. Yeah, and and like I guess you could even say this is why they get away with having every character in the show except for a, a handful of main, you know, like the most major main characters. The reason why they get away with having such stock characters is. Bakugo isn't stupid. He's just angry. Like mm -hmm. he he he's capable of thought. He just doesn't think. Yeah, he's rage puppy, which we see a lot of when we because uh, we of course, naturally this is a action manga. We breeze past the written portion and we go straight into the practical exam. Yeah, does the written portion get talked about at all? I think I missed it. If it was, everyone just says they pass. Yeah, there is a page of okay. the characters sitting at desks writing. So you're saying that My Hero Academia spent as much time on the written portion as Dragon Ball Super? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Actually, I think Super spent more time on the written portion. Oh, you're right. <laughs> oh, um, God. We're not getting down that rabbit hole. We get, into, <laughs> we get into the practical exam, and the faculty of UA went, 
This is like the fifth time our students have fought villains earlier than they should. I don't think robots are going to cut it. Should we fight them? Yeah, let's fight them. <laughs> yep. Uh, results in, as you might expect, the greatest fight of all time, which is Mineta and Hanta versus Midnight. <laughs> <laughs> that fight is surprisingly good. It is. It is. Like, it is. I'm of the four fights they really focused on, even then, Mineta Hanada versus Midnight is like one of the top three. Mm hmm. It's really good. Saro immediately gets taken out by Midnight's uh, somnambulism quirk. And Mineta is just running around trying not to breathe in, trying to be jealous of Saro because he's getting lap pillow from Midnight right now and trying to figure out how the hell he's going to get out of this situation. Well, that's actually the cool thing, because Mineta basically has a plan from the very start. Yeah, um, Mineta's not dumb. <laughs> this is easily Mineta's best moment. Mm -hmm. And... I wish Mineta was more like that instead of the stock pervert because, you know, he's an actual character now. Well, actually, I really liked how they set up because it's revealed that they picked people teamed up not only how they worked as a team, but also they specifically put them against a teacher that was the yeah. antithesis of them. They, and having they, the two kind of pervy character, well, I guess Hanada's not as pervy. Not Saro so much. He's yeah. Meta, his weakness should be midnight. Should be midnight. But he pushes past that and uses like great strategy and then uses his teammates quirk to cover his mouth. Mouth and nose, wear your mask. Yeah. So, yep. So that he can completely he distracts Midnight and manages to not only get himself out, which is the requirement for passing. He gets his teammate out because mm -hmm. Mineta leaves no man behind. Yeah. And the requirement to win is either escape or incapacitate the pro hero. Uh, there's a, they, they're given a set of special handcuffs that if they can get it on, on the mm -hmm. teacher, they're considered winning. Uh, they, it's considered a win. And um, like the other thing about Mineta's plan is Midnight is attractive. Part of her gimmick as a hero is using her sex appeal to distract, you know, not people like Mineta. Character. Yeah, let's let's be honest here. Mineta and Midnight want to be heroes for the exact same reason. <laughs> yeah, Mineta to get chicks. Midnight because she's a sadist. She wants to dominate men. She wants to be a hero for the exact same reason, which is why uh, a healing girl even comments. I guess his reason isn't stupid as long as he sticks with it. And and the thing is, Mineta would know about Midnight. He would know her personality quirks. Mm -hmm. He knows she's a sadist and uses that against her. He knows that if he runs away, she'll chase him away from the gate he has to get to. And his quirk is sticking things together. Yeah. <laughs> so he draws her away and picks her to the ground and buggers off. Yeah, I'm just saying Mineta succeeds where equally capable people failed mm -hmm. because he had the dedication to win. Mm -hmm. Which is which was pretty great. It it really endears you to him for as much of a little diaper gremlin he is. Oh, them packing for the trip. I loved, too, because that was some quality Mineta comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I need night vision goggles. I need a lock picking kit. Dude, what are you planning for? <laughs> I need a hand drill. Yeah. That's uh, only part one of the three part course of great fights we get in this arc. Mm -hmm. And and yes, we will get to uh, our main character, but I really want to talk about Todoroki and Yaoyorosu versus Eraserhead. Yeah, I was about to say, I would consider this my favorite fight. 
I think Bakugo Deku versus All Might was very expected and didn't surprise as much as this one, which was just great throughout because we get um, Todoroki, a big man on campus, which we see also in another way where um, with uh, Sue and um, Tokoyami. Yeah. Is the first thing they do is because they're paired with a woman, they go, I'll take the fight. You go run away. And I'm like, oh, please, no, don't let this be the whole thing. And then it's not. <laughs> yeah. And then Sue is like, oh, yeah. OK, we'll run away. By the way, you remember I'm a frog, right? And she lassos Tokoyami with her tongue and is like, all right, we're escaping together. Let's go. Yep. Though I think to be fair uh, to Tokoyami, they it is actually set up like that was their plan. Yeah, like they both planned that together. It's just how it's structured. It comes so soon after mm-hmm. Todoroki saying it to Momo. It feels like a theme. Like, I uh-huh. think that's intentional, though, where it's framed like you're thinking, oh, Tokoyami's being sexist. And it's like, no, yeah. they're working together. And and But uh, Todoroki comes up with a pretty good strategy because uh, Eraser said ability to look at you and your cork stops. Uh, we need to do something that will let us know if he's nearby. Uh, Yayorozu, create something simple that you can do a lot. And she creates Matryoshka dolls. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about for a little second? Did um, Eraserhead's quirk get slightly redefined since it came up last? No, it got, it got weakened because... Yeah, because he uh, got his face smashed. Uh, okay. He got his face smashed up by Nomu. And then it's like, all right, uh, when he gets here, Todoroki will use his overwhelming power to uh, blast him away. And then we just keep running for the exit. And that doesn't work because uh, it's very straightforward and exactly what you would expect from these two. So mm-hmm. the very tactical Aizawa instantaneously, you know, sets up to counter that exact strategy. Mm-hmm. And he has a great line where he's um, basically just going like, hey, uh, Yairozu had a plan, didn't she? And you kind of just uh, took control and talked right over her. Yeah. And uh, she was like. Wait, did you have a plan? Yeah. And they had a really good plan that's going to win. And then they won because of her great plan. <laughs> her great plan. Because she wasn't just making Matryoshka dolls. She made the flashbangs inside them, <laughs> which was so good. How do you defeat a guy whose power is seeing? You blind him. And the other thing that was actually something that was mentioned about the reason why Yaoyorozu and Todoroki were paired up is because they both have, like, from the teacher's perspective, when they don't necessarily know about how uh, One for All works. From an outside perspective, Yaoyorozu and Todoroki's quirks are both the strongest, and they both heavily rely on their quirks. Someone like Eraserhead, who can stop you from using your quirk, because they're so used to using the overwhelming power of their quirks, is supposedly the perfect counter, but what Yaoyorozu makes is something that lets Todoroki use his quirk even while it's being erased. Because it's a memory fiber that when it's heated up, it uh, snaps into a specific shape. Yeah, which also gives us the immortal panel of they run from Eraserhead, they hide away, and Todoroki's like, okay, I made a nice big ice wall. Uh, what do you need? What did you need this time for? Okay, he turns around and she has pulled open her, her shirt to, to uh, expose enough skin to produce this massive fiber and she's so focused on this she doesn't even notice that Todoroki immediately turns around just like nope 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 continuing the running theme of Yayorozu not caring she's naked yeah (laughs) why would you care about this I obviously need as much skin exposed as possible because that's how my quirk works no one comments on the girl running around naked 
<laughs> She's invisible, though. <laughs> real, real enemy of this is their fight does not get shown at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we don't get to see uh, Hagakuri and Shoji. Alas, but um, yeah, we have that excellent fight where they manage to take out a racer head. Uh, sprinkled within, we do have Yuga and Araraka versus uh, 13. <laughs> and- Which great funny moments <laughs> yeah they're just they're just barely hanging on not trying not to get sucked into the black hole and yuga similar powers of psychoanalysis that mineta displayed turns to uh Araraka and goes you were just thinking what would midoriya do in this situation weren't you do you like him <laughs> knowing that that would make Araraka flail let go of the thing that she was holding on to to not get sucked in by 13 13 isn't going to actually draw her into the black hole and will stop using her quirk and then araraka just immediately like reflexively used her gunhead martial arts to down 13 dude i love yuga for that moment alone because he's he's just like he's so smart he knows his um teammate well enough to do that he knows the situation to trust 13's not gonna actually hurt she's not gonna actually black hole your africa and like Mm -hmm. it's the thing though that's even more clever about that is they know that 13 even when doing hero stuff doesn't black hole people yeah like she doesn't even use that against villain so um like that like even if 13 was actually a villain and they were really in that situation you know if 13 was a villain they might consider actually black holing people but if 13 was a villain but had all the same qualities of 13 that would work in a practical circumstance he he's mm-hmm. using his knowledge of his opponent against them which is exactly what you're taught to do at ua yep and he is the win- reason both of them pass mm-hmm and then we get into uh, the main fight, which is Deku and Bakugo versus All Might, also known as <laughs> Dad beats the shit out of the kids so they stop arguing. <laughs> yeah, can we uh, can we talk about the limit All Might puts on himself? He's like, yeah, I had these special weights designed. They are approximately fifty percent of my body weight, and I read throw that back to DBZ. Well, I, I just read that and I'm like, is 50% of All Might's body weight anything to him? We see this guy punch buildings apart. His body weight isn't a unit of measurement that's hey, relevant you're, to you're him You're thinking anymore. about it. Stop it. I know, oh, right? Yes, yes. The thing about that is the teachers do explain, we intentionally gave you opportunities to... to pass the test if we were like we said we were serious but if we were actually serious you all would have instantly lost because we are all out of your league your children but the thing is though all might in an inner monologue says the the weights on his arms are the reason he's he doesn't have to hold back it nerfs him that much and i'm like i i don't think it would The thing is, he's severely injured, too, like the whole time Uh, limit stuff. It's forcing him to use more of his power than he'd need to in this situation. I think this is just another situation we run into pretty frequently at this point in manga where they throw a number out. But don't think about if that number is actually enough to be meaningful. (laughs) True, true. But uh, we do get down to the fight. And of course, it's just our green boy and our yellow boy angrily screaming at each other. Uh, Deku having a great moment of stop shouting. This is why we can't talk. (laughs) It's it's a real domestic. This honestly, I think, is Bakugo. It is like most loathsome because he he just absolutely refuses to work with almost acknowledge deku as a person very mad at deku right now though is the thing like from his point of view this person 
has been lying to him the entire time he's known him because despite the fact twice they've tried to explain to him no Deku wasn't lying to you, he doesn't believe them because that's an insane thing to expect yeah. someone to believe without proof. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bakugo is really mad that Deku would think they're still friends at this point when all of this has happened. Yeah, and yeah. Like, that's sort of the thing about it where it's understandable why Bakugo is so angry and that's why that's why Bakugo is still a likable redeemable character because he has all of this anger that is in some cases rightfully placed mm -hmm. right like, he's right to be angry he's just not handling it well and that's why bakugo is so sympathetic you care about him because you understand he's got a point he's not and you want him to get better. Well, it's because yeah. the people he's mad at are basically saying, hey, there's no reason for you to be mad at us. Just trust us. We're not actually going to explain anything to you. It is kind of disregarding his feelings. Mm -hmm. they're, they're upset at him for still being mad, despite not actually trying to fix things. All Might quickly makes it apparent that this is not the situation that you want to be uh, continuing to act like this young Bakugo by almost, almost entirely demolishing the arena with one punch. Yeah, yeah, All Might, uh, even though he says he's holding back, um, wallops these kids. Uh-huh, I, I joked earlier that he broke Deku's back, and I mean, technically he didn't, but wow. <laughs> Deku didn't have full cowling on, so um, he doesn't have anything insulating that blow, and he's just a normal human being. Uh -huh. Yeah, he got he got messed up. He like rebounds Deku off of a, off of the pavement and a truck at one point. I think he slams Bakugo into the ground several times. It's like, Jesus, Lord, dude. Everyone else has teachers who are like using like intricate strategies to bring the best out of their students. All Might just got the note: beat up kids. Can do. <laughs> Yeah, All Might's level 999. <laughs> he makes that very apparent by, for one, tanking Bakugo's most powerful attack right to the face. And then when, because it's his grenade gauntlets, the ones that store up huge amounts of his nitro sweat that he can unleash in one big blast, he gave one of them to Deku so that, you know, when All Might gets hit by one, Deku flies in and hits him with the other. All Might just breaks the gauntlet <laughs> before the second blast can happen. And, you know, it's sort of it. It's sort of funny because a bunch of people actually call out All Might for going way too far with these two. But at the same time, it is kind of, you know, it's not necessarily how badly he hurt them, but like treat like going that directly at them is kind of what they needed because Deku needs to stop idolizing All Might as a god because All Might can be beaten. And Bakugo needs to actually acknowledge that Deku is a person and an ally and another hero in training that needs to that he needs to consider. And because they're up against something so unbelievably overwhelming, they have no choice but to work mm -hmm. together. And we actually got confirmed earlier on from uh, Gran Torino talking to All Might. Hey, have you told Deku you're dying like a lot quicker than he you told him originally? Uh, no, you really should. <laughs> and then he proceeds to not do that. Yeah. As you said, Matt, a very expected fight, but a very yeah. intense one. No, it's it, it is exactly what I expected. And I was happy with it. It's just the other two fights were not expected. So I enjoyed <laughs> them infinitely more. Yeah, yeah. What Hiro Aka does is it does 
standard shonen tropes like excellently and because the characters are the core of these characters are these stock shonen tropes but like with actual like layers to them and and we get to explore them deeper than just what their um caricature is that's where you get stuff like Yaoyorozu and uh, Todoroki versus Aizawa. Mm-hmm. The Deku and Bakugo versus um, All Might is perfectly executed standard shonen, which is, I'd argue, what um, My Hero Academia does yeah, best. No, yeah. you need your base level to get people interested. And then it, you can do weird things with the side characters. And Naruto proved. People will love side characters, even if they mm-hmm. only get like a tenth of the plot, which makes mm-hmm. sense because uh, the writer of this worked on Naruto. Yep. And uh, not at all helping poor, poor uh, Bakugo's uh, inferiority complex. Uh, he gets KO'd by All Might and Deku saves him. Yep. <laughs> Again. They pass, I guess. They pass. They pass. Yeah. But um, unfortunately, uh really the ones we talked about are the only ones that get any real focus. Mm-hmm. We get, we get tidbits from Yuga and Arara versus 13, which we already talked about Kyoto and Koda at versus present Mike and Sato and Kirishima versus Cementos. They're focused on, but I feel like the only reason they spent any time on them was because they realized, Oh, we haven't actually introduced two of the characters quirks before going into the tournament arc. Koda and Sato have literally done nothing up to this point. Their quirks weren't introduced until right now because they get the quirk boxes. And in all fairness, I I really didn't like Kyoto versus Koda because Koda, he gets introduced his quirk and then he has a weakness to bugs. And Kyoto basically just says, hey, ignore your weakness. And then he goes, yeah, I'm going to ignore my weakness all over the span of like six panels. So there's no investment. So... It doesn't feel good. <laughs> I think it plays better in the anime because that's an episode in the anime, whereas in the manga, it's cut between other fights. Enki and Mina versus Nezu. The idiot twins versus the versus genius the animal. Ida mm-hmm. Mishiro versus Power Loader. I can literally only remember one panel focusing on this. There was uh-huh. one panel of them winning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> with Ida stuck in the ground. The same with... Um, Hagakure and Shoji versus uh Yeah, they, we're just told they won at the there end. Is, yeah, there was one panel of them having just one. I'm sure we got other panels when we got like the page of where everyone's at, but you can't follow the story in those, so I don't I discount them. After that, we have the results of the final exam. Uh everybody's going to summer camp. Woohoo! Even the people who failed. Yeah, even the people who failed, they are not gonna get to do the fun summer camp activities. They'll have remedial homework. Boo. <laughs> well, even it's they make it clear it's worse than if you had to go to summer school. Mm-hmm. You wish you had summer school. We will torture you up to everyone else's level now. But the fun part is because they're all going on a trip. They all need stuff for the trip. So we get a group shopping adventure where they all wear casual clothes. Yep, we get and some then, we get some great cash outfits, particularly Mina. I just love how we get this shopping adventure and we get panels of what's going on and the chapter cover pages are great because it shows everyone else is having a great time on this adventure, except Deku. Meanwhile, poor Deku. Because Shigaraki walks up and is like, bad touch. We do skip over a bit where it is revealed. It's not really important because it's clearly foreshadowing for the next arc. Uh, The League of Villains is recruiting and we get... uh, Two people who barely get introduced, so I feel like going too deep into them right now is uh, 
we get Dobby and we get Toga and uh, Toga. (laughs) And uh, they basically get told, uh, we'll think about it. We'll let you know if you're, we accept you for the position. We'll call you later. And only because uh, my hero academia fandom has spoiled me. I know their (laughs) recurring character. Although I guess just narratively. Yeah, from a narrative perspective, they wouldn't have been introduced if they didn't actually stay as characters. Man, how wild would that be? That would be pretty wild, yeah. <laughs> two characters. You guys didn't get the job. Uh, you're fired. Oh. <laughs> Toga is everything I hate and fear in this world. <laughs> she is yeah. the worst. We get that, and Shigaraki is struggling because he has not found his ideals. And so he goes to have a chat with Deku. Jane's only gotten more popular since then. Caught. Oh my god, yeah. The hero killer is way too popular. We get a group of kids putting on his mask and the it was like, yeah, this dude murdered 18 people. I'm gonna wear his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Deku is uh alone because um the, everyone else splits off into groups except Uraraka, who realizes she is alone shopping with Deku and freaks out and runs away. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a date, it's not a date! Ah! Because Yuga has unlocked the idea in her head. That wait, oh no, all these feelings I'm having, I do like Deku. No. Oh no. <laughs> feelings. But it does mean that Shigaraki can just slide into them DMs. And we get wonderfully creepy Shigaraki in this. I know. It's like, hey, yo, just pretend we're a couple of close friends who strangle each other in public. Because it's like, <laughs> Deku, remain extremely casual. <laughs> He's got his arm over Deku's shoulder like, yeah, buddy, how's it going? And he's got his hand on Deku's throat, except for his middle finger, because only when all five of his fingers are touching something does it start to disintegrate. He walks up like, hey, aren't you that kid from uh, the sports festival? Can I have your autograph? And Deku's just like, ooh, a fan. I am not ready to process this. (laughs) Oh, no, not a fan, not a fan. (laughs) Oh, thank God, it's just a villain trying to kill me. (laughs) But uh, they actually do get into a bit of a philosophical discussion. I mean, as philosophical as you can get with Shigaraki, there's a lot of. uh, (laughs) Yeah, there there is a lot of 13 year old edgelord uh, hidden away in this. And 101 intro to Psych. Yeah. All these people are running around having their wonderful smiley day, even though I could kill like 30 of them before any hero could stop me. And it's because they think All Might will just show up. I want to prove them wrong. Therefore, we live in a society. <laughs> then Deku just goes like, hey, I really respect All Might. And I think Stain also really respects All Might. And Shigaraki's like, I now understand my life purpose. I hate All Might. And I'm just like, dude, how are you just connecting these dots? <laughs> <laughs> he's an, he's a man child. Yeah. I love how Deku's even confused what he's talking about. It's like, dude, I'm just mentioning like basic facts. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I could have told you this. <laughs> I thought I didn't tell you this because I thought that was your whole deal. You basically said that before, but now you're just realizing it. <laughs> uh huh. Which really kind of speaks to how mucked up of a life Shigaraki has had. Well, yeah, as much as we're joking about it, that's sort of the point between these two, uh, these two characters. Deku is, he has his points of acting his age and all that stuff, but Deku is, at, generally speaking, a very mature individual, and he has, um, the people in his life foster that. 
Shigaraki is a very emotionally immature person, and the one authority figure in his life that he respects enough to give him direction fosters that emotional immaturity because he does not care about Shigaraki as a person. He cares about Shigaraki as a meat suit. And uh, thankfully, Araraka saves the day because she's like, oh, that was really rude what I did. I should just go back to him. And it's not a date. We're just friends hanging out. Gonna go apologize to Deku. Yeah. And she walks up and is like, wait a minute. Who's this creepy guy touching on him? (laughs) Wait a minute. Aren't you? Oh, that's not how friends act. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we do get the great like showdown moment as Shigaraki gets up to leave, uh, you know, trying to be as cash as possible while looking like the skeeziest mf in the universe. <laughs> oh, my God. I love his line as he's leaving is just like, hey, don't follow me or, you know, I'll just murder a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. Well, <laughs> the art is so like. Oh, we get like a full Jinji, uh, Junji Ito spread when he like reveals his face to Deku and you can see like he's got the way too wide smile. It's amazing. The way too wide smile, the squinty eyes, his everything is chapped. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, oh, he's, oh. I, I love it. That's amazing. We end with Deku uh, asking him, what does uh, all for one want? And Shigaraki is like essentially the same thing I do later, nerd. And then Uraka's like on the phone with the police. Hey, there's a villain here. Could you um send somebody? And Please like, help. And yeah, they, they did not have a good time. But Mm-mm. I just love the fact that uh, Pinky, Invisible Girl, Ida and um, Electric Dude are just shoe shopping together in the panel. <laughs> in the kid yeah. chapter. Like, I'm like, they're having like a nice little uh, shopping date. Like, uh, they're just having a good time. They're they're having regular teenager hours. <laughs> Meanwhile, and it's great because, you know, they're all together because Pinky and Invisible Girl are just waiting while the two guys are looking at shoes. <laughs> they're just like, yeah, no, we're just hanging out. It's great. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, meanwhile, extreme drama down in the communal area. Deku almost died. (laughs) Hideously, I might add, because if Shigaraki went with the full grip, his neck would disintegrate. But yeah, uh, that is is such a good ending. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is as far as we got. We will be going into uh, summer camp next time. And I'm sure absolutely nothing will go wrong there. Nothing bad ever happens at summer camp. Bunch of teenagers going into the middle of the woods. I'm sure nothing could possibly go wrong. Not a thing, I assure you. So this is our second foray into the world of Hiroaka. Uh, Has anyone's favorite character changed from last time? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Saw that coming. You want to reiterate who it was? For those who are not in in the know, I totally simp for Todoroki. Because he is best. Bakugo, that is not true. I will say, I would say that Bakugo has kind of come up in the ranks before it was Deku. I'd say Bakugo kind of slid up in there. Yep, I'll do mine. Um, Momo, uh, still really good character. She stays in her spot. Uh, I'm upgrading Mineta from joke pick to actual pick because he had some shining moments in this part where he was an actually good character. Rather than yeah. just, I know it makes uh, Jacob and Jay upset <laughs> when I say I like him. Uh, <laughs> I have real concerns about him. I have real concerns. <laughs> but uh, he had some shining moments of glory. And Yuga still popped here because oh, okay. even though we barely get to see him in this, the moments he appears, he shines. Mm-hmm. He yes, twinkles. literally. He cannot stop twinking. Uh, twinking. He has shed. Wow. I can't stop twinking. <laughs> 
<laughs> I cannot stop twinkle. That's the dojin you've been reading. To. <laughs> yeah. Yuga can't stop twinking. <laughs> Damn. Internet, make it be so. Make it be so. And send me a link. Yeah, but uh, otherwise, my characters uh, remain the same. Yeah, I'd say that uh, a lot of mine remain the same as well. Deku, I, I know it's a basic bitch pick, but he is best green boy. And He's great. I do really like Deku. And particularly, as I said, I love full cowling. It is so up my alley as a power. So uh, getting to see that kind of uh, advancement for him was awesome. Uh, Aizawa continues to be uh, best teacher, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Especially in the fight against Todoroki and Yoyorozu. It, it allowed him to show a lot of what makes him uh, one of the best heroes and also a, a lot of the reasons why uh, we shouldn't take everything he says super seriously. <laughs> <laughs> also, the rational deception. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't actually going to leave anybody behind. I was going to take you all to summer camp anyway. And then um, for me, I don't know if I uh, committed to saying Yoyorozu was my favorite, but like it was a lot of the stuff that happened here is the reason why I adore her so much. Uh, she is just so adorable. I, I want to <laughs> give her a hug. <laughs> she needs a hug. Um, and then, of course, uh, up there with uh, Yoyorozu is definitely Deku. Uh, I absolutely love full cowling. Uh, it for all of the story problems of giving Deku a quirk ha- has full cowling is cool enough that I've forgiven it. It 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 really comes down to that in a lot of cases, and um, you know just like Deku is is very much the center of the story, and you know everything is is built around his character. So if you don't like him, then Hiroaka falls apart and oh boy do they make him really likable um I, I love all of the cast like I love the villains because they're excellent villains but yeah um I could honestly I could go on simping for all of them if I uh if we had we don't time. have the time for that we don't have the time for that so <laughs> so if you want to follow Jacob's secondary podcast <laughs> <laughs> thank you for tuning into the over manga cast everyone remember to uh subscribe and review the show uh follow us on Twitter at over manga cast for our uh, most premier posts of what we're reading next week we are going to be reading uh another thing that'll make jacob happy uh dragon ball not z super not gt dragon ball chapters wait could we read gt instead i take it over dragon ball chapters one through 23 (laughs) we're going to see the the magical adventures of sun wukong i mean goku (laughs) (laughs) totally not journey to the west totally not at all all right good night everybody good night good night